How many attempts do we get? One. Okay. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> nice. Hi, I'm Vijay Kattabia Kudikipudi. Hi, I'm Hector Jr. Manessas Jr. Hi, I'm Kate Ferguson. And, and this, this is Spinoff Spot. Spinoff Do we get a second try now? Hi, this is Stacey Case. And I'm Joe Daly. And this and is Finna's. This is Finna's pod. Uh, well, you but know, it's hard. Yeah, I need to know how I will match you. Tell me how okay. you're going to do it. Okay, I want to say, and this is Finna's pod. And this is FinOps Pod. You really yeah, right. say FinOps weird, by the way. Just say, no, and don't. this, you went like this, you went, you said, and this is FinOps Pod. FinOps Pod. FinOps Pod. You got to launch yourself. <laughs> Not for this one. All right. So let's just say, and this is, and this is FinOps Pod. Hi, this is Stacey Case. And I'm Joe Daly. And, and this, this is, is FinOps Pod. <laughs> it's too hard. I, okay. I get because it. Because you keep, you keep slowing down, talk conversationally. Just say, okay. and this is FinOps Pod, not, and this is FinOps Pod. All right. On the count of three, I'm just, just going to say, and this is FinOps Pod. I, I'm going to go one, two, three, and this is FinOps Pod. Okay. Okay. One, two, three, and this and is FinOps fin Pod. pod. <laughs> we no, we just got it. No, we just got it. That was we success. Just got it. Try it okay. again. One more time. Just don't think about it. Just say it. And it, it doesn't have to be identical, but that was pretty close. Yeah, it was okay. pretty close. Okay. All right. Ready? One, two, three. And this, and this is, is FinOps pod. pod. Not bad. Okay. See, it is difficult. It all, is... The other to- all the other times you slowed down like you're trying to wait for me to catch up. Like, no, just, just, just talk it. You there do. you go. Yeah, just say it. Just do it. You got it. It's not bad. It, we, we did it better than they did. Well, whatever. All right, Joe, I'm totally coming in without knowing anything. So talk to me. What's in this episode? What are we going to listen to today? We had Dina Solis and Noel Crowley interview three folks who are new on their FinOps career journey. They're not all new on their careers, but new in their FinOps careers. We had Vijay Karthavia Kudithapudi, who is in Italy, setting up a FinOps team for Nokia. Hector Jr. Manessas Jr., who works for PPG in New Jersey. And Kate Ferguson, who is a FinOps analyst for Liberty Mutual in Boston. I really only know Kate's story because I've talked to Kate personally before to talk about what she's doing with her career and FinOps journey. So it's going to be really interesting to see what the other two people have to say too. And also, did you say that Noel and Dean are the ones that interviewed them? You didn't interview them at all? I just stayed silent on mute with my camera off playing producer role on this one. That's that's awesome because I, I feel like Noel and Dina would have really interesting questions to ask them as well. What type of things can we expect to, to hear? They did. There were some great questions I laughed at. Noel asked, what baggage do you see people carrying to work? And I kind of was like, where is this going? It's not FinOps baggage for me. It's FinOps scars. But it's interesting to hear how VJ, Kate, and Hector answered that. They talked a bit about imposter syndrome, how they learn, what skills they bring to FinOps. Because a lot of folks, especially the first generation of FinOps, practitioners, no one, no one started in FinOps, right? They, right, right. they came from another role 
and said, this is a need that needs to get filled mm -hmm. and learned on the way. We're now getting folks who are starting their careers in FinOps. So that's an interesting perspective. That's really exciting too, because we start digging into any of the advancing career stuff that we've seen so far is there's a small amount of people that, that took a job that was a FinOps job to start with. And there's so many other people that their tra roles transitioned into that role or became that. So I'm excited to hear from these people. It's like such a cool perspective to see where we've come so far. Yep, absolutely. Come, there's lots of great points. You know, I remember starting off and, and I look back and I'm like, oh, if I only knew then what I knew now, but these three, all three of them have a lot of interesting wisdom and insights that I don't think necessarily I had when I was in their position. Listen, it's, it's great that people are out there that are smarter than either you or I. So that's, that's what we need, that. right? Right. We need the smarter people out there. Absolutely. And then I will tease Harry Potter's Triwizard Tournament is discussed towards the end. So be sure to be on the lookout <laughs> for that. And with that, let's just jump in. Let them introduce themselves. Sounds great. I can't wait to hear it. Hi, everyone. I'm Kate. I work at Liberty Mutual. I have been here two years now. So if you do the math, I started during the pandemic. I am currently a data analyst for our Cloud FinOps team here at Liberty Mutual. My name's Hector. Uh, I currently worked at PPG's uh, FinOps team. It's a newly developed role that they created. My role is a FinOps Cloud Financial Analyst. So going in the ins and outs of learning about cost allocation, how to optimize our cost, and how to budget them appropriately. The first project we're tackling is how do we go about budgeting and forecasting for our Azure cost, and then going a step further and allocating those costs to our customers. Fun fact about me, I actually never left this time zone. So I've been to Peru, but Peru is still in the same longitude latitude of, of the globe. So like I've never left this time zone. Hold on. Ever left the time zone? You're in the East Coast of the US, New Jersey, yeah. is it? Yes. You've never left Eastern time? No, never. You've never even gone to Central time? No, I haven't even, no. The furthest West I've been is Pittsburgh. Are you going to FinOps X? Because that'll get you out. Oh, yeah. That. I'm planning on to. So we'll okay. see if that changes. Yeah. Uh, morning. My name is a bit complicated, but everyone calls me VJ. I've been here in Italy from past 10 years, and I have been in the same company and tech environment from past 12 years. I started my career with R&D and then moved to as a customer program manager. And recently, I took up this challenge to build and lead FinOps team. The fun part about me is I love learning new languages. I mean, I can say that I'm fluent in Italian, but... Uh, I want to learn at least other three languages. Well, you're learning the language of FinOps, which is a whole language on its own. Yeah, it, it's quite complicated, right? And I think learning other languages is quite simpler than learning FinOps language. That's what I'm having some challenges. I mean, you have different cross-functional teams and everyone start using their own technical terms and, and they have their own, their own vocabulary and bringing a central vocabulary to the function, which is being newly built into organization, it's, it's pretty much challenging. But learning languages, it's pretty straightforward. You have well-defined vocabulary, right? And FinOps, it's evolving and it's evolving day by day, I think. 
So I'm curious to hear what sort of path brought you to your entry point. I know Noel and I have come through more of a technical or infrastructure side, but we've all sort of crossed over and cross-trained. What was the entry point? That's a great question. My first role at PPG, I was a financial analyst for our global corporate spend. It was managing and forecasting budgets for HRIT, digital, and EHSPS, environmental health, safety, and product stewardship. And my time there kind of evolved into more of understanding the IT costs where an opportunity arose in our Cloud Center of Excellence at PPG, where I could hop into a different experience to learn about FinOps. And for me, I say it's pure luck that I'm in FinOps right out of college. I, I knew I wanted to work somehow in finance for technology after an internship I had where that was my only job, essentially managing spend for IT departments. I like being that bridge between finance and technology. So I found a job posting as a financial analyst in tech finance for Liberty Mutual. And it turns out I just so happened to be placed on the, the new, the evolving FinOps team, what turned out to be the FinOps team. First roll out of college, I have a finance and management information systems background, well as a minor in Spanish, I'll add, although that doesn't help me day to day. That's sort of how I fell into FinOps. I'm happy I'm here, but the help of the foundation and mentors in my organization have helped me feel ever growingly confident in what I'm doing. Because as you guys mentioned, everything is so new day to day that it can be daunting to try and keep up or know what I'm talking about. It's amazing to hear the story from Kate. I, I really wanted this role. I mean, there was an internal uh, opportunity in Nokia. There was a new function that's coming up as to lead this. And I mean, from scratch, you have to build and lead the team. It has its own challenges apart from having an individual contributor role and then contributing to cost analysis. Apart from doing that, you have to motivate your team and, and you have to motivate yourself and you have to find the reason. And with FinOps, I found it fascinating because every cloud vendor, they have their own technical complexities and mixing it with costing and pricing, it becomes even more complicated. Then it, it really gives a platform for a lot of innovators to solve the problems. And I see FinOps as an ever-growing environment as we transition into digital transformation across the globe. So there is a lot of opportunity and industry needs us, right? And I thought it was a right opportunity for me and, and learn something from the community and give back something to, to the next generations as well. Can I go in there and something you said there, Vijay, a second ago, right? Where you said the industry needs us, right? Uh, a, a few weeks ago, I was at the London FinOps Summit and I was talking to some people there. What I discovered during some conversations I had there was for the first time I've seen people move from a job that was FinOps to another job that was FinOps. And now you're the first people who I've met who started in FinOps roles. I, I, I say this kind of question kind of sounds silly, but I'm at this four or five years, whatever. We were the FinOps nation kind of started all that. But now you're new. I had baggage from how we used to do things the old ways. Are, are you able to start in the space without our package, if you know what I'm trying to get to? 
it's 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 a very interesting question and and it has different levels of answering right let me answer the first part people switching from non finops role to finops role why right so anyone who see the industry trend and how the, the public cloud adoption is happening we know the challenges that come with the public cloud adoption and customers may be internal or external and the good part jumping on to this finops shape without any relevant background i don't say relevant background with some other background where you can use the skill sets like like i have been a program manager i am using my facilitation and and team building skills here i mean r and d i'm using those technical skills to understand these uh, cloud complexities right so coming from that perspective it gives you a chance to see the problem with fresh eyes right coming from a fresh perspective it it gave me actually a fresh pair of eyes like kids or or or, or infants who see the world uh, when they are uh, when they are exploring opportunities for the first time right or learning new things for the first time so that's the advantage yeah i think my answer is more directed towards the baggage that you reference right this is my first role out of college all i know is what i learned in college let's say so as vj was referencing it's really great because it's almost a level playing field in terms of knowledge it feels like because the technology is continuously growing and with that people's knowledge is continuously growing and not one person can know everything about the cloud if it's possible let me know how but i don't think we're there yet but i know earlier in the slack channel we were talking about imposter syndrome and i really identified with dina and the the article she sent because everything is new right so there is a quote unquote level playing field but i'm still a young fresh faced college graduate presenting to people who have been working and have their own baggage and so it's kind of the inverse baggage of how do i convince them that my perspective and my new knowledge is the way to go and use that influence which has been an uphill battle but i say i'm personally going on that journey and trying to get better at it but the imposter syndrome is real especially when dealing with other people's baggage not to say i don't have any but it's not years of experience baggage if that makes sense yeah i think when it comes to the idea of baggage i think it it depends on the organization that you're in right when i was in a data analytics firm there were always heavily evolving always trying to think of new ideas and and how to solve their problems while in a manufacturing firm like ppg it's much more different because you know their main focus isn't on their technology it's production of their product their time invested in innovation comes along and and it's predominantly focused on that not necessarily saying that there is an opportunities to be made in the cloud space at ppg so it's more or less when i think of baggage i think of working around that space and really understanding the constraints that the organization has set up it adds to that challenge of how do we ne- continue to network with our customers and our stakeholders to provide them the solution that they need in a manner that is cost efficient and timely i wanted to touch on that's those are really great stories. I want to say it sounds just from my perspective that you three are so much more prepared than I felt I was at your point in in my career, but at the same time, I also know that it doesn't take a cloud provider to make you feel like you're having to understand your employer's baggage. 
Are there ways that you're able to get mentorship or able to provide even reverse mentorship in terms of leading with curiosity or leading with a learning mindset compared to folks who normally might expect to lead you? I mean, I have a great story here, Dina, because as people, as human beings, we learn from our past and we try to apply the learnings from the past to our current roles or responsibilities or our environments or situations, right? So when I took up this challenge, as you said, you need to find a mentor or you need to find someone who supports you or you need someone to pave the path for you. But in my case, being to lead the team and I build the team from scratch. So the challenges were to find the right people with the right mindset. And personally, I wanted to be well-educated and well-informed myself before I lead the team. So there was curiosity. And the story that I want to say was in, back in 2012 when I came to Italy and I was not able to speak a single word of Italian, right? So at that time, I was very curious. I used to sit with my friends, colleagues on, on a dinner table where they have wine, meat, everything, and, and everyone were chatting. Then I used to look at them and they say, one day I'll be there, right? After three or four years, I was there. And the same way I started my journey back one year back, and every day I'm learning some new stuff. And this is the motivation for my, as, as you say, lighthouse, right? Which is guiding you towards something at the end of the tunnel. And, and this is my motivation. And when I speak with my team members and others, I give the same explanation. I was lucky enough to find a team who are intrinsically motivated, right? These are the things that I can share from my experience. Yeah, and in terms of mentorship, I would say... At my company, I was really lucky that the only other woman on our small but ever important FinOps team is our product owner. She's our fearless leader. She's amazing in, in every aspect. I've been able to get that indirect mentorship, I guess you could say, just by learning and watching and sort of mirroring what the aspects that I like or admire. So I've been really fortunate in that. But I'd also say even just attending the FinOps Summit and seeing other women presenting each month and just being like, wow, they do all of these things. I don't see why I can't too really is impactful. I know I've heard whispers about a mentorship program for the FinOps Foundation, and I think that would be fantastic. I'm just going to put that out there. But just being able to see and hear stories of other people in FinOps gives me courage because I am by no means running in FinOps. So being able to see people who are and sort of see what I'm working towards, there's no fences in the ground of what this FinOps is necessarily because it's ever growing. So being able to see people and work towards that is really great. If that makes sense. It's complete uh, sense, Kate. It definitely makes a lot of sense. And, and I think when we consider what mentorship is, at the end of the day, it's guidance towards what we do in our day-to-day -day jobs. I think we can seek that mentorship through different mediums, right? Similar to how you've had people who've guided you through the FinOps practice. For me, that's my manager, who is the senior manager of the CCOE. And along with my finance manager, who I worked for previously, who is the finance manager for IT. And coupled with that face-to-face -face interaction, I have also gotten a lot of 
feedback and mentorship through the FinOps organization, their website, and the community that we built together. I think that has been a very important stepping stone in terms of my growth, and I'm sure as well other people's growth through the literature that they provided and the uh, materials that they have prepared. And I would also add this might be a tangent, but I think in FinOps starting out, it's really hard to know where I want to grow to. This is something I'm struggling with a lot right now because FinOps is so broad and there's so many opportunities, right? Which is great. It's fantastic. It's growing, but it's hard to know where I see myself in the future and what I want that to look like, right? I don't know if either of you have encountered that, but like I know, VJ, you want us to lead a team and you are, and that's great, but I don't know what my future looks like yet. So I'm trying to define that. I saw an IT meme recently, right? And it says, if you can't describe your job in three words, you got a BS job. How would you describe FinOps? Can the words be hyphenated? You could, any way you like, Kate. I genuinely would love to know how you describe FinOps because my follow-on to this is, how do you describe this job to your parents? Pause button. I paused the interview. What did you pause the interview? I want to play this game. I want to describe my job in three words, or I want to describe FinOps in three words. FinOps or your, your job? Because no, you my, you're the director of community now. Uh, director of community. That's three words. No, I want to describe FinOps in three words. Okay. Ready? Yes. Do cloud good. Do cloud good. You sent that so fast, like it was one word. It's not hyphenated. Do cloud good. Three words. Question mark. Boom. It sounds like Yoda. Do, do cloud good cloud cloud good do. Cloud good do. <laughs> no, that's good. I like it. All right. All right. Let's see what they said. Can I go first here? I don't mind. Because I tried explaining these things to some of my my friends, colleagues, right? So. It's a big organization where I work. So everyone were curious, what do you do actually? <laughs> so, so I thought explaining them in a very simple way, say that, hey, I just analyze, analyze, and then inform, right? <laughs> to analyze and then inform. So you, you should not take any action as a FinOps central team or whatever it is, right? You are the guardrails for engineers and center of excellence, everything. So that means you have to analyze the data, analyze again, so that you are confident with the data and then inform or guide the people, right? So three words, I mean, I have used the same word two times, but it's okay, right? That is actually really good. I was gonna say, I don't know if one of these is hyphenated or not, but we're gonna roll with it and hope you'll give me an exception. No, I would say first and foremost, I don't know if cloud is included in that, but cloud is the first thing I tell people problem solving. I feel like every day I just get emails and pings with problems or needs and it's figuring out a creative solution to that. And then partnership because a majority of the job is working and influencing more than actually taking action yourself. So I think building those partnerships and relationships throughout the company are important. No pressure, Hector. No pressure. <laughs> Man, these are all great words. Honestly, that's really hard. For the words that popped into my head initially when you asked me this question, and I'm second-guessing myself now that I'm thinking about it more, but I'm going to say them anyway and just roll with it. My words would be gamification of cloud. Because at least for 
one particular process in cloud FinOps, which is our cost allocation or optimization, there is a sense, there is a game that is being played, right? Where the architect of the game is our cloud service providers. They're the ones who tell us how they're charging us in base of our cloud usage. And it's our responsibility as a FinOps practitioners to try to allocate those costs to our customers, try to optimize that same expenses, as well as to forecast and budget any particular issue or problem or try to problem solve any type of issue that may arise from any changes that they make on their end. Right. So and it's not three words, but that's, that's, that's what I have. So, so taking those three answers you have, right? Could you tell me about what you've seen out there in your time here? And I know you said influencing, analyzing, informing, gamification, and, and problem solving with, our cost, with, with your partners in your business, right? But when you've come across what I call unfinops activities, and how have you handled that? I assume you're going to have met resistance or some resistance, perhaps not. Maybe. No, no, it's, it's a very good question. And the simple answer is, whenever you get a resistance, you just ask why. If you get the why behind the resistance or the conversation, right, you are able to guide the team or you will be able to partner with anyone, right? So from my experience, why I said analyze, analyze, and then inform because you analyze once and go to some calls or some meetings where you have to resolve the issues, then you might not be very confident with what you have analyzed. And, and you should ask the question, what they will be asking and why they are asking what they're asking. So this is my approach. And you have the data and cloud providers are very good at providing lots and lots of data. My team, we analyze the data in, in a way that we try to answer the questions or anticipate the questions. And it's the tricky part. Maybe the answers that we are trying to explain are not the ones that they are expecting. Yeah, I guess I'm not sure what you mean by unfinops, but I think whenever we meet resistance, it really goes back to the partnerships because finops, at least in an organization, can be nebulous. It's not clearly defined per se. Just because we know the information doesn't mean that we're the ones in charge of it, if that makes sense. Like we're not in charge of the architecture decisions necessarily, right? But we get asked about architecture recommendations sometimes, right? So I think it really comes down to being able to partner across the enterprise whenever I'm not sure about something because someone else definitely knows the answer. And by building those relationships, I'm able to solve customers' problems and get them the answers they need. I'll leave it like that. I believe that when faced with resistance, there's always a communication issue involved. And I think our role as finance practitioners is to build and create a communication plan to our customers or to our stakeholders to ensure that they're in the loop as to what we're trying to accomplish and the goals that we're trying to achieve. And from my experience, that's where, you know, you can proactively manage resistance in organizations, being able to tell your customers, you know, this is a process that we're going to take in regards to X, Y, and Z. And this is where we need your feedback to help us through. I think that's very valuable and very important in terms of managing people's expectations and 
their role in helping FinOps grow as a practice in the business. And I think bouncing off of that, Hector, because that's a great point, I think related to the communication is that I found being able to change communication styles depending on the audience is probably one of the most important lessons or skills you could have in FinOps because the way that we communicate numbers, opportunities, et cetera, et cetera, to a senior director or the CIO versus even the CFO, right? Those are completely different audiences with completely different knowledge bases. And then you bring that down to a developer or a product owner. I think going back to Hector's point, being able to communicate effectively with each of those personas is super important. So well said, all three of you. But actually, before I before you take my compliment and before I ask my next question, Noel, did our contestants get the uh, quiz question correct? Is that what you meant by unfinops? So this is nice because you've literally gone there, Kate, and you said the audience you're talking to matters and how you deliver your message matters. But you also said you weren't sure what I asked, right? And this I like because when I say unfinops, I go, I come from the development background, IT background, all that. When we used to develop stuff back in the day, when I used to do that stuff, we made it to basically work for that Super Bowl that happens once a year, that's 30 seconds long, and our website was going to get hammered for a couple of hours after that. So we developed our application to take in that load and just carry on as normal, right? Now, today, Hopefully from a FinOps point of view, we're trying to say to people, actually, you want to make your application to be as small as possible at that moment in time and for it to be as smart as possible to be able to scale up and down and do whatever it needs to do, right? And that's what I meant by it. But the audiences we're talking to is important. And when Hector, you said a few minutes ago about gamification of, of cloud, I actually recently started doing gamification of FinOps within my company. We call it the Tri-FinOps Tournament. And yes, we completely based it on Harry Potter, right? And we had Dumbledore out there encouraging people to come in and play and great fun. What I learned from it, and it kind of goes back to who you're talking to is, for three years I've been doing presentations, talks, lunchbox sessions, everything, right? And I've been giving people the FinOps message, right? The amount of people who have pinged me in the last two weeks to go, oh, I didn't know that the tool could do this. And I didn't know we could do that. It's like different ways of getting the message out to people. I wanted to ask Hector how resilience has factored into his career journey, his journey into FinOps, because you mention it. I mean, it's like the first word on your LinkedIn. And so it must have a meaning to you. Yes. So resiliency for me comes from an abil one's ability to recover quickly from difficulties that arises from the job we've all encountered. And to be resilient means to try to come up with creative solutions to want to rise above the occasion and try to problem solve. For me, my career has always been about trying to Think of those creative solutions. And I guess an example I would give, at least in the FinOps role, would be you know, creating a communication plan. It's something that I've never done before, right? 
presentations, not my forte. You put me in front of a spreadsheet, give me numbers. I can work on that uh, for days on end. I'm very confident with that skill set. But when it comes to, you know, putting presentations together and communicating what we said, there's a lot of difficulties and opportunities of improvement that I, I can definitely work on. You know, I like how to design a slide and make sure the formatting's proper, what to say in a slide, how to say it. You know, who's the audience? Kind of some, something similar to what Kate mentioned earlier, right? I think countering that challenge, I had to really think about, okay, clearly this is a challenge that I'm facing that I don't necessarily know how to address or what to do, but what are the steps I can take to, to reach that solution and, and try to come back from a failure that I had about bringing in a presentation that wasn't up to par to what my personal expectations were for the project. That is, thank you for sharing. That is, I wasn't sure what to expect when I asked that, but I got the sense from reading some of the accomplishments that you've had is that the bigger the problem, the faster you run at it. I definitely <laughs> think that might be how you're building your own resilience. Vijay or, or Kate, do you want to add anything you would like to share? Um, anything you want to promote? Anything you want to uh, brag about? Anything you want to complain about? I would just say a huge thank you as someone who started in FinOps, like I said, for the FinOps Foundation. I remember going to the summit meetings like two years ago, and that's where I first started getting my bearings, I guess you could say, because I was just sort of told, here, go learn all of these vendors and FinOps and the billing data. So I would just say a huge thank you to the, the FinOps Foundation for just existing and being there for a resource. Actually, I want uh, to promote my own life cycle for FinOps. I have invented one. So I want to brag about this one. Like it's identify, inform, implement, and iterate for I challenge, for I process. So I like this. Like you identify the problem, you inform it to the right stakeholders, implement the solution, and then iterate if the results are not good, right? So iteration is the key. So I know that we have this crown walk run, all this stuff, right? Maybe I, I'll try to inject this four I process into our FinOps. Uh, somewhere it should fit, right? I look forward to seeing you join one of the new working groups and finding a way to possibly evolve the language we use to describe maturity. I think know? I have to do, yeah. So why? Because I'm, I'm preparing for my pro certification. So I have to do it right. I don't know. I have to ask Joe and you guys, if this podcast count as some of the contributions or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit selfish here. All right. We did it. Another episode of FinOps Pod complete. You, the completionist listener, the FinOptonaut. You are here with me and we are going to wrap this up. Let me thank everyone on the podcast. Big thank you to Dina Solis, Noel Crowley, Kate Ferguson, Vijay Karthavia Kudithapudi, and Hector Jr. Manessas Jr. Also, big thank you to Stacey Case helping me intro and navigate the episode. As always, so much fun. If you can't get enough talking about FinOps, join us June 20th through 21st at FinOps X. Two full days of FinOps content. 
We got career content. We got shop talk. You want chargeback? We're going to talk chargeback. You want to talk automation? We're going to talk automation. Governance policies, career building skills, and networking with folks who do the same sort of work you do. It's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. Hope I get to see you. The complete, if you're listening to it at this point and you're finding out about FinOpsX, you're awesome. And I can't wait to see you out in Austin, Texas, June 20th and 21st. All right, folks, that's it for this week. I'll see you next time here on FinOpsX.